Hey guys, welcome to the Tales of Moxie podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Lee, and I'm so glad that you're here. I created this podcast with the simple desire of wanting women to have a place to share their stories. Our stories are so powerful, and God's fingerprints are evident throughout them all. So each week, I sit down with another woman who is brave enough to share her story with us. We talk all the things with no judgment. While each story is unique to the person telling it, I find that I see myself in all of them, and I'm sure that you will too. Welcome back to season two of Tales of Moxie. This season has been all about giving you guys encouragement, hope, and practical tips to help you live fully in your gospel identity. And this episode fits right in with that. This week, we get to welcome mom of two, wife, and co-host of the Awesome Marriage Podcast with Dr. Kimberlyn, Christina Dodson. Christina and I had such a cool conversation because we talked about social media, internet, and marriage. We talked about what it's doing to our marriage, how it can benefit our marriage, how it can harm our marriage, how we can be intentional with social media in our marriage, and what kind of things we should really pay attention to. So this was a really neat conversation, but I'm not going to lie, it was also super convicting. So maybe you're like me and you spend a lot of time on social media. This one might hurt a little bit, I'm not going to lie, but it hurts in the best possible way. It hurts in the way that we're like, maybe there's something that we need to work on. So I hope that you guys get as much out of this conversation as I did. I am really excited for you guys to hear Christina. Christina, welcome to Tales of Moxie. Thank you so much for making time for us. I'm so excited to talk with you today. Absolutely. Well, it is just an honor to be here. I'm so glad that you emailed me and asked me to be here. It is a joy to be a part. I love your podcast. I love that you're reaching women and just telling real raw stories. I'm all about that. So it's good to be here. Thank you. I am too. So you are part of the Awesome Marriage Podcast, and we have talked about this on our podcast before. So I'm really excited that the listeners got to hear Dr. Kimberlyn, and then they also get to hear you. And if you don't mind telling our listeners a little bit more about you and who you are, then we can kind of get to know you a little bit better. Absolutely. So my name is Christina Dodson. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, my husband is a pastor, actually, so we help plant, or we did plant, New City Church here in Raleigh, so I'm also a pastor's wife, so ministry is just all up in my life in a million different ways, and I love it. It is a joy. Um, I have two little ones at home. I stay home with them. I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old, and yeah, I've been working with um, Dr. Kim Kimberling over at Awesome Marriage for three years now, and it has been such a joy. I actually started off as his assistant, just like checking his emails and taking care of his calendar invites and things like that. Um, but as time go, go, go went forward, we, you know, developed the podcast and started doing other things. And so now I kind of head up operations at Awesome Marriage, which is just such a joy. And I get the joy of producing the podcast and also co-hosting it with him, which is so fun. Um, I always do joke though about the podcast that like, he, you know, he's the marriage expert. He's been married for almost 50 years. He's been a marriage counselor for well over 35 years. Um, I've been married married seven years and I've definitely learned some things along the way, but I'm kind of the Vanna White of the podcast. I like ask the questions, like point you to Dr. Kim, um, but we also just have a lot of fun and, and uh, yeah, just enjoy talking about things from different generations too. And, and so it is a joy. We love producing the Awesome Marriage podcast and I'm just so, so thrilled to be a part. Yeah, no, I love it. And I think that's so funny that that's how you see yourself in that because that's not at all how I see it. I love the different, like you said, the different generations and the different things that you bring from perspective, even from a female perspective, you pull out some things that are just so different. So I'm really glad that you're the other host on that podcast. (laughs) 
Thank you. Thank you. It is a lot of fun. And yes, we definitely need both perspectives there. So that is a lot of fun. Yeah. So as you've been working now in the marriage realm for so long, I'm just curious, um, this has nothing to do with our topic, but as you were talking, I thought I have to ask you that. Do you feel like your own marriage has grown or benefited just from having to have those conversations every single week? Absolutely. I think so. I think Edge sword though, to be honest. So I think I'm thinking about marriage all of the time. And so I, I try to invest in my marriage a lot and I, I hear a lot of good wisdom and I spend a lot of time with Dr. Kim and it just exudes on me. And so that's really helpful. But I feel like the enemy also has been really strong, like Satan just trying to attack our marriage because we work in marriage ministry. Um, and because we, you know, are, work in ministry at, at a local church as well. And he's a pastor, my husband. Um, so I think that plays into it as well, as well as my expectations. So I'm hearing all this wonderful and talking about and researching and looking up and reading scripture about marriage. And so I'm, I'm constantly focused on like the ideal marriage and what we should be doing. And so it's really easy if I'm just being real honest to get real judgmental and be real critical of Dylan. Um, because I'm like, oh, I'm hearing about all these things godly husbands are supposed to be doing and you should do all of them and perfectly, <laughs> which is totally unrealistic. Um, so it goes both ways. I'm always having to check myself and check my heart and make sure that I'm being fair to Dylan um, in my expectations of him. Oh, what a good point. I feel I can totally relate and feel somewhat convicted in that when you're saying that, like, I'm pretty sure I do that same thing. What a great point. I'm going to have to go and like think about that myself because I I so do that just reading books even. And I'm not like in the conversation, but thinking, you know, like I'm growing in a different way. So this is how it's got to be. That's such a good point. Yeah. And just because you learned something doesn't mean your spouse did, right? (laughs) So if you read a book and your husband didn't read it, you can't expect him to do the things because he can't read your mind. You got to talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) And even then, once you have the conversation, it doesn't happen when you snap your fingers, you know, and the conversation is done. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. These things take time and habits are hard to break. And absolutely. Good point. That is so true. So I'm really excited about the topic that we're going to discuss tonight because it's come up a lot in the last couple of weeks for my listeners and for myself and things like that. So we're going to talk about social media and internet and how it plays into and affects marriage, um, which is I think it's fascinating and funny how this works that we are recording it today when I don't know if you saw, but Facebook and Instagram went down around the whole world today. <laughs> um, so yes, I heard I liked it. I was on it, but it was like chaos. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was just so funny because I was literally like thinking about this topic this morning and the different things that I wanted to ask you. And then that happened. And I, I literally thought like, whoa, how weird is this just with my friendships? But then even thinking like, huh. (laughs) And I started to think, this is so bizarre that this was an important thing, that it was like breaking news that Facebook and Instagram was down. So I'm, I'm just, I'm fascinated by the fact that we're having, happened to be having this conversation on that day. Um, but I want to ask you and kind of start out, what do you see, what have you seen so far in what you've done in your work with Dr. Kimberly and even your podcast and your listeners what role is social media and the internet kind of playing in marriage right now? Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge topic and it's a huge role, right? And there's different factors. And so um, when it comes to technology and internet use and 
social media, there are things that are working really well for marriages and all of that. Um, but then there's some things that are really damaging. So the parts of technology and social media that's working well for marriages are that you can, if used properly, stay connected even when you're apart. And that's a good and glorious thing to be able to know what your husband is doing at work because you can watch his, you know, Snapchats or his Insta stories or see what he tweeted, um, even if you're not there. And then also it's fun, right? There's lots of fun parts of technology and social media and you can bond over that. And then the entertainment options are just endless at our fingertips that again, we can do together if we're using it wisely. Um, and probably the coolest thing about it all is just that there's so much great information available to us and so readily, um, you know, you can attend a marriage conference in your PJs online. Yeah. Um, you can listen to 20 different marriage sermons in a week if you wanted to. Um, you can watch amazing like marriage vlogs and just there's so many great quality marriage content that's out there and most of it's completely free. So no longer do you have to physically know a marriage expert in order to gain incredible marriage knowledge. And so there, there are those things that are working really well, but then there's a ton of things that are you know, potentially really damaging if we're not being careful, if we're not putting restraints on our, our screens, if we're not putting up boundaries. Um, I think the biggest issue is it's just a huge distraction. And so, you know, you can be in the same room with your spouse, but in totally different worlds. And we have to be really careful about that. So the biggest thing that I see, especially amongst people my age, millennials in their marriages, is we leave no room for downtime. So it's this very dangerous thing that we do where every time we have even a spare second, not even a spare minute, even a spare five seconds, we grab our phones, um, which leaves no room for real connection with our spouse because we're just filling every empty moment. So instead, I think we have to learn to be okay with being bored, with being still, um, to make room for life to happen. It's in the silence. It's in the boredom that creative conversations happen, that spontaneous fun happens, that the cool things happen that you want to post about later. You know, no one's like, remember that cool time we all sat on our phones? No, no one says that. <laughs> yeah. No, and that, that's so true. So I, I, I mean, literally, I will walk into a restaurant, right? And we all do this. And I will see couples at dinner together on their phones and not actually talking. And I've done it with my husband. There have been times when I've sat at dinner and I've like looked at us and been like, what is happening right now? Right. But yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. We're one of those couples. Yeah. 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 Exactly. All of a sudden thinking like, I can't believe this is happening, but it's so interesting because one of the biggest, um, maybe struggles that I had when I first got married is I wanted to be known so intimately. I felt like that was the relationship where I'm going to be known intimately. Right. And, and I, I mean, I am, I'm known more intimately than any other relationship. Right. But I had this, as you said, expectation. And I have found that like you were just saying the distraction in that we want so badly to be known yet we're making it to where we almost can't be known because those times, like you're saying, aren't be being filled with actual conversation and those real kinds of things that we're, we're longing for. So what, when you're talking about like being, a, you know, more intentional about connecting, what does that actually look like? Is there a balance between this or is this something that we should just say, let's, let's throw the social media or should we have days that we say, let's not have social media for a day? What does this look like? Yeah, I think every couple's got to discern that for themselves, but I do think that every couple should have some kind of boundary up there. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm all 
for social media. I'm all for technology, but it just, we have to have limits. Um, there's so much research out there about the, the addiction that it is. It really is an addiction. I know we get a lot of pushback when we say that sometimes that, no, I'm not addicted, but you are. We are addicted to our phones to some, if you have a smartphone, I have a hard time believing that you're not somewhat addicted to it in one way or another. Um, so setting up boundaries. So I do, I recommend every couple have some form of no screen time every single day. Um, and it doesn't mean that you have to be talking to your spouse for that entire time that you have the no screen time, but I just think it's important. Um, and I recommend starting out with just 30 minutes a day if, if this is a real struggle for you, uh, but working to at least bare minimum one hour of no screen time every day um, where you're together, you're in the same house, you're in the same room, um, and just making sure that you're making time for connections. And then I do think on date nights, yeah, phones should be put away other than, you know, being able to hear the phone ring if the babysitter needs to get in touch with you or if there's an emergency. Um, but I just don't think we should, yeah, even if we're waiting for our food, even if we're waiting in line for our food, even if we're waiting in line for a movie, I don't think we should be on our phone. And so we can't miss that part. Um, so I think it's just what I would love to see couples do after they listen to this podcast is go to their spouse and have a conversation and ask these questions of what does this look like? What, when is the best time for us to have this no screen time? Is it in the morning? Is it in the evening? Is it right before bed? Um, should we have a whole day of, of no screen time on the weekend or a whole half of a day? Um, what is it going to look like? What are we trying to achieve from this no screen time? And, and how can we achieve that? And what are those boundaries that are going to have to be constrained in order for us to do that in order for us to have a good marriage? Yeah. So I'm thinking as you were saying that, I'm thinking a lot of times, especially with something that is addicting, it's really hard, right, to give that up. And it's it's easy to say and to say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do a whole half a day or a whole day without screen time so that I connect with my spouse. But it's a lot harder practically to do. So maybe what do you say? A lot of times when we're giving something up, it's good to know what is this thing actually taking from us? Um what do you, yeah. what can you kind of say to us in regards of like, these are the things that I see social media and, and internet stealing from your marriage um, to maybe give us more incentive to be like, this is important. Yeah, absolutely. I think that oftentimes social media and the things that we're looking at, it just, it consumes us and it gets our perspective all out of whack. Um, and also like it, it heaps a lot of pressure on us. So being able to say, Hey, I'm not going to be addicted to my phone. I am going to put constraints on it kind of pushes against that pressure. So for example, um, um, the pressure that I'm talking about is, yeah, let's take the date not example. You're going on a date. The point of the date is to connect with your spouse, but you feel this all consuming, you know, pressure to take the perfect artsy photo of your meal or of your spouse while you're on your date so that you can then post it later. Because yeah. if you didn't Instagram your date, did it even happen? I don't know, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, but that takes away from the connection of your spouse. Um, and so it can become really unhealthy. So like, that's one of the things that it steals. Another thing that I think it does sometimes is if we're not putting this in check, if we're not checking our hearts about this, and again, just asking ourselves tough questions about what we're consuming, because I think we're, we're tricking ourselves if we think that the TV that we're consuming, the shows that we're consuming, the social media that we're consuming isn't influencing us and affecting us, mm -hmm. um, and that we're not believing these things as truth the more we consume them. And so even being careful about like who you follow on social media, I think is really important to check your heart and to ask your questions in these things, because yeah, just the, the, the unrealistic expectations we can gain. So say we're 
we're looking online, we're looking at social media, we're seeing what all of our friends are doing, what all of our friends are posting about their spouse. And then all of a sudden we're seeing everyone else's highlight reel. And then we're super discontent. We're depressed in our own marriages. We're discontent with our spouse because they're not doing what so-and-so's husband did. And they're, you know, she's not doing what that person's wife is doing. And it causes fights that didn't even need to be there. Um, and then I, I think the biggest thing is just the connection, the intimacy, the knowing. I know you mentioned, I love that you brought up how you just wanted to be known. We all crave that. Like that's what it means to be loved. Loved is a huge part of that is to be known. And so being a student of your spouse and knowing your spouse, um, and you can't just know them by knowing their Instagram feed, right? Cause we all just put up a little bit of a face, like no one's super, super real on Instagram, some more than others or social media, not just Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the things. Uh, but you know, we are going to hide different parts of ourselves from the rest of the world, which is okay. I think that's appropriate even, mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't just know your, your spouse's feed. You have to know your spouse's heart and you're not going to know that if you're never giving time where the phones are down. And one thing that really helps Dylan and I with us for our no screen time in the evenings is we dock our phones. So we like put our phones away, um, which feel, felt really weird. Like, I'll be honest. I was addicted enough to my phone to be like, it's not my pocket. Like this, this empty space in my back pocket feels really strange. Like, I feel like my arm is missing. Yeah. Um, what am I supposed to like? And it kept touching my back. Pocket, like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Like freaking out. Um, but just, you know, not having on me is what I needed in order to not just have that reflex to pull it out every time there was silence or every time there was a dull moment or um, anything like that. Yeah, which is so good. And I love that you brought up the perspective because that's a huge thing in our society today. Like you said, we all know it's the highlight reel, but it does. It starts to get to us and it starts to make us wish that we had something else. And it's so fascinating to me because I hear, which you probably do too, but as wives, I hear a lot of times when we get together, the talk is kind of like, you know, I'm going to tell you all the ways that my husband is failing right now. And it's, I think in a way when I'm listening to you, I'm almost thinking, I think it's because that's what it is. We have this idea of if we wouldn't have seen that, we wouldn't have even known that this was a thing that we had to have. I, I mean, I think about that often. I think I see someone, like you said, go do something. I had not even thought about taking that trip to Disneyland until I saw that. And now I'm suddenly like, that's something that we need to do and we should be saving for. (laughs) But it it wasn't a thing before. And even in our marriages, that's so true. And I do that with Joey too all the time. And I have to remind myself too, that it goes both ways. You know, he's probably doing that to me and I don't want to have that kind of pressure put on me (laughs) because it's not realistic in any way. So I love that you brought that perspective up because that's, that's important. I do feel like that's something that it definitely steals from us on the regular. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm seeing this new, I don't know if you've seen this at all, but I'm actually seeing this new kind of damaging unhealthy thing uh, popping up. Just just recently in social media and different apps and stuff like that of really being obsessive of information. So I believe 100% in open transparency amongst spouses when it comes to passwords. You know, you should be able to get on your husband's Facebook account if you so wanted to. Like there should just be transparency there. Um, but there's a difference between open transparency and obsession these GPS traps that are like supposed to be for fun. Um, I, I've just talked to a lot of couples recently and, and had a lot of couples email us and contact us at Awesome Marriage recently where their spouse is just for no, no, no apparent reason becoming obsessed with like where they're at all the time. And yes, you should know where your spouse is. Like that's not an unreasonable thing to know whether your spouse is at work or at home or, or wherever. Um, I mean, that's just a safety thing. But 
if you're tracking their every movement and like, you know, why'd you stop at that stoplight for so long? Or, you know, I like, where did you go on your way home? You, I saw that you stopped somewhere. I went to the gas station. Like my car was out of, like, that's where I was. Like, it's okay. Um, and I, if, if there's been trust broken in the past, if there's an affair, like I think that's a different story. But I think with all these new apps, it's just really easy to become obsessed with it because so much information is available to us. So I'll just be open and honest about something I struggled with. Our first year of marriage, um, all of a sudden Dylan's computer was there, you know, and it was never really accessible to me before. I could have always asked to get on his computer when we were dating or when we were engaged, but you know, I never did that. But once we were married, I woke up much earlier than he did because that's just how our schedules work. And his computer was right there. And so I would check his brow history. And I had no reason to believe he was looking at anything inappropriate or he'd never really struggled with porn or anything like that. Um, but all of a sudden his computer was there. And so I was just like, well, I'll just check it. And then it became a thing where I was checking it all the time and obsessing over things that I shouldn't have been obsessing over. And I never saw anything inappropriate in his browsing history, but I, it was a me problem. Like mm -hmm. I just became obsessed with it. And I'd be like, well, why'd he look at that person, that girl's Facebook page? Why was he looking like, is she pretty? Like, why was he looking at it? Yeah. And it's like, no, like, you know, she went to a new golf cart range in town and he wanted to see what the name of it was so we could go, you know, and it's just yeah. like little things like that, but it was a me problem wasn't a him problem. And so I think different things like that, it might not be that for the, your, your listeners, but it might be something else where they're just kind of, because the information's there, they're becoming obsessed with it. And if there's no grounds to be weary and suspicious, I think we have to check ourselves and be careful not to do that. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I think it's interesting because as you're saying that I'm thinking like my parents, when I was a kid, we just had a landline. So, you know, you don't, there was no checking in. It was dad will be home at this time of the night. And if he's not, then like you said, he's probably just running a few minutes late and he will be home. <laughs> and it was like, it was just so, yeah. we didn't worry about that. And it does, we are, we're putting so much stress on ourselves in that and adding that pressure all the way around, which is honestly, probably somewhat of the enemy, but it's interesting too, because as I'm listening, I'm thinking, you know, we know nothing's new under the sun. So these temptations in different Absolutely. ways have presented themselves. It's just that now this is our thing and our generation's way of letting this temptation be shown. So that's, that's interesting too. Cause, and I wonder, it would be fascinating to me to actually ask my parents now, like, what was this like for you? What was the thing that you were, <laughs> you know, hung up on? Worried about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it yeah, was. Absolutely. It has changed so much. Mm-hmm. It has. Um, okay. So we know, and we, I've talked on here before about how, you know, marriage is really a way for us to learn more about our relationship with God, right. In the way that we connect with God and God has given us marriage in that way. Um, so as we're talking about this being a marriage thing, how can we kind of relate this exact thing of the distractions that we have in the way that we feel like maybe we're not feeling as known to our relationship with God. Do you see an overlap in that in some way? Yeah. Um, I think that the cool thing about God is that he does know us like all the way, you know, and even the parts of us that we don't want to post on social media and the things that we don't want to say, I think, uh, even in Christian circles, it's, it's always been interesting to me. Like if you're in a Bible study or a community group or whatever it may be, uh, it's really easy to share past sins. Everyone, you know, the, the person who's leading the discussion asks a question, you know, have you ever struggled with this or share a time of this? And it's always like, well, a couple of years ago, I used to yeah. struggle with this or when That's I was true. in college, I struggled with this or when I was a child, uh, here's a story about how I was a sinner when I was five yeah. years old, <laughs> which yeah. is like, you know, 25 years from now. <laughs> That's um, so true. <laughs> but it's really hard to share. 
It's so true. Um, but it's really hard to share what we're struggling with right now because it, and Satan loves that, right? He wants us to feel shameful. He wants us to feel like we can't say it out, but it doesn't know. Um, and so, uh, I think that's one of the beautiful things about God is like he, he does and he still loves us. Um, so he sees our highlight reel that we post on social media, but he also sees the bloopers and the stuff that we're keeping in the dark corner. Um, and the fact that he still loves us. Um, but I do think that in the same way we clean ourselves up for our social media feeds, sometimes we clean ourselves up for God. Um, and we're not open and honest about the different things that we're struggling with, even in our prayer time with him and our, in our, um, in our communion with him. And so I think it would be a good good thing for all of us, myself included, um, to ask ourselves, like, what does it look like to say the things to God that he already knows? Um, and what freedom would we find from that? I think a lot of freedom. Um, and you know, he wants to, to free us from, from all that bondage and Satan would love for you to just keep it all up and, and just internally struggle with everything and never bring it to the light. Um, cause it's when you bring it to the light, it's when it's exposed that healing comes, that other people are invited in and that God gets the glory and you use what you've got and what you're struggling with current and past and, you know, and, like in the stuff in the future, um, for the glory of God and the good of others, um, as you share that. So, yeah, I'm not sure if that answers your question, yeah, but that's no, just what I was no, first it, thinking about when you had it, it did. It did. And, and that's, that's so great because it's true even, and I'm wondering too, I'm sitting there thinking like, I wonder how marriages would be and how much more all of us would just feel less pressure in general in using social media in a good way of maybe instead of posting all of our, you know, moments of success of maybe saying like, this was a hard, this was a hard week, or we had, you know, a, a hurdle in our marriage that might seem little, but it was difficult for us. I had a hard day, you know, and, and we don't, we don't, I don't even find that we have those conversations with other friends in person as much anymore as, yeah. you know, as we maybe could, and maybe could say in the regards of, instead of, venting about our husband saying, no, this is a hard thing that we're trying to get through, you know, and, and I wonder how that mm -hmm. would look for our, our friendships and our marriages in, in general. Um, but I know it's vulnerable. And that's the thing that I always think about prayer too, is, you know, it, it's hard to go into prayer and be like, God, I feel like I probably disappointed you. Um, but knowing mm -hmm. that, you know, he's our father and he's not looking down with us with these disappointed you know, finger pointing glares. Um, that's just the narrative that we put on it because we're recreating him in our image. Right. So it's, it's, it's a tricky kind of line, but I, I think that yeah. that's so true. Um, I also think as I was listening to you talk too, that distraction in general, like it just, we're, we're being so distracted in our marriages. Like you've said, like that, that was the first thing you said. And I, and I think that's so true. Like 100% on point is it's just distracting the times, like you said, when we could be standing in line and talking to our husband. And those are the times that you learn things that you're almost like, Oh, I didn't know that. Or I didn't know you thought that, you know, cause it just came out in a little blip or they watched someone yeah. and they said something. Um, but we don't have those moments cause we're distracted. I'm thinking too, that that's for myself. Anyway, I find that social media and the internet in general and my phone being addicted just to my phone. I mean, I could scroll, honestly, my emails sometimes if I'm just like sitting there. Oh, absolutely. Like it, it can be productive things. It's not always just the entertainment. Absolutely. Yeah. And I find though that those are my moments too, that I think it's distracting me from my relationship with the Lord where I'm really looking for like, again, I want to be known 
you know me, but it's, I feel I'm not feeling known right now. And it's because I'm not showing up, right? Like I'm spending those times scrolling instead of actually going. And it makes me think of, you know, Peter walking on water, which we all know that story, right? Like he gets out of the boat and he's looking at Jesus, eyes fixed on Jesus and he can walk on water. But the second that he looks around and gets distracted by the storm, he starts to sink. And that's how I kind of feel in my marriage. I can feel that way. And I can totally feel that way in my relationship with the Lord. And I see for myself, the biggest distraction really is social media and the internet. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I think um, I just heard recently, you know, it talks about be still and know that I'm God. I heard recently that, you know, the opposite of that is don't be still. You won't know God. Mm. Um, And I was just like, oh, man, that just hit me in a different way. I'm just like, it does. It tells and know that I'm God. So can't, can't we assume that if we're always moving, if we're always in a hurry, if we're always doing something that we won't know God? I mean, isn't that true of any relationship? That's mm-hmm. just common sense. If you're always going around, running around, flying past people, you're not going to have any deep, meaningful conversations. Of course, the same is true of God. You have to be still. It's a relationship. It's a communion. You have to talk to God and then wait for him to talk back to you, um, which is the thing that our culture is so bad at, just meditation and being still. And it's something I'm still trying to learn because it's so hard. Uh, but, but God wants that. He, he wants that from us. He wants a relationship that is so clear in his word that that's what he wants from us. Yeah, that's so, it's so true. And I struggle with that too. Um, so as, as they're, as listeners are listening and they're thinking, okay, so I want to make that change, right. And I want to make this a priority and be intentional about creating this kind of space for deep, meaningful conversations in my marriage. Um, what are some like realistic expectations of that? Cause we're not going to have deep, meaningful conversations every single time that we put the phone down. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where this whole being okay with being bored thing has to come into play and also using technology for good. So there's so much great stuff out there. Um, You know, you can, instead of grabbing your phone and jumping on your favorite social media network, you can grab your phone and Google creative questions to ask your spouse Mm. um, and go through those questions. You can Google creative date nights in that are cheap. Uh, And so, I mean, there are endless opportunities for you to invest in your marriage that way and to do so creatively so that it feels fun. Um, And just, uh, like what I always encourage people is just continue to get to know your spouse and to get to know yourself in different ways. And there are so many ways to do that. You can take a different personality test online that you've never taken before and share the results with your spouse and ask them to take it. I mean, there's just so many things that you can do for, for good, meaningful connection. And then I think it's important to connect over that, that all couples are investing in their marriage and you can connect over that. So whether it's picking a, a marriage podcast to listen to every week and both of you listen to it and talk about it or listening to uh, a, one of the pastors that you love online, their sermon series on marriage and talking about that, um, listening to an audio book. There's so many different things that you can do to use technology for good. We have an awesome marriage, um, a new PDF that we came up with last month that it's four creative things to do on your smartphone for your marriage. Um, and it's just four just creative things that you can do on your phone for your marriage. So I'll send you that link so you can put it in the show notes. All your listeners can uh, grab that PDF. It's a great resource, just a creative thing to do to invest in your marriage. That's so cool. Thank you. I love that. I I will definitely attach that because that's like gold, especially in our, our day and age right now. That's something that is so needed. Yeah. Definitely. And I think, um, you know, just using touch points throughout the day to 
connect with your spouse via all the things that we have access to with our smartphones, text them. Um, I love what Craig Rochelle, he said in a sermon years ago, um, who's a wonderful pastor in Oklahoma City. uh, He said, when you think, think something nice about someone, tell them. Like you have to say it. Like so how often do we think a nice thing about someone and we just never tell them because we like forget or don't get around to it. When it comes to your spouse and honestly, when it comes to anyone, don't, we like we have our phones like don't forget it just in that moment when you think it text them it doesn't matter the day or the time or whether you're apart from them or with them because you can always text them that thing and I think if you make a habit of doing this and simply texting them anytime you think something nice about them you'll be amazed what this will do for your marriage um so yeah don't don't assume that your spouse feels loved and appreciated um continue to shower them with that and that's one way you can do it is every time you think it just go ahead and say it which is so good. And, and two, don't expect them to go first because I think for myself anyway, I, there's a lot part of me that wants to be like, well, you know, he hasn't said anything like that to me. He hasn't called me beautiful in days, but it's like, maybe for us, we need, if as soon as we make that step, it'll be like, oh yeah. Okay. You know, and the more, the more loved that someone else feels, the more love they're willing to give. Right. So that's, that's so cool to go ahead and make that step and do that. And that's a really neat, practical, and easy. Really? I mean, that's easy. We send texts all day long. So that's a really easy way to be like, I'm just going to intentionally make this a part of my day. And that will help my marriage. Just this tiny, this tiny little thing. And I think that's awesome to be able to practically apply that right now. Yeah, definitely. And I think, uh, to going along with that, you know, sometimes it can, because of social media and because of what we're posting or, or what we can see because of technology, you know, you can see your spouse's maybe Google calendar. So you know what they did that day. Um, it can get real easy to just assume, you know, all about your spouse's day, um, mm-hmm. even when they are away from you. And I would just encourage your listeners, like, don't just assume that still ask questions. So even if you saw their Insta stories from the day or their Twitter feed from the day or their Facebook post from the day, don't assume that you know all about their day, still ask and even ask about what you saw that they posted. Cause there's more behind that story than just what they posted for the rest of the world, right? You're their spouse. You're in an intimate relationship relationship with them. You get to know more about the behind the scenes things than what they just post online. And so don't just assume, um, always continue to be a student of your, of your spouse and just ask good questions. Like, I think that's one of the best things about being a good friend. You know, if you think of the people, the three people you love the most and you love spending the most one-on-one time with, I bet you one, if not all three of them are really good question askers, mm-hmm. uh, cause it's, it's how we feel loved. It's how we feel known. And so be a good question asker for your spouse. Um, and for those of you who have spouses that aren't good at this, be patient with them. Don't just send them this podcast and then get mad at them tomorrow <laughs> when they don't ask security questions. Um, it's a, it's a habit and so you've got to form it over time. Um, but it is a good thing to do. And even if your spouse isn't doing it, you can do it um, in hopes of, of knowing them better and doing your part in your marriage. All you can do is control you. Yeah, that's true. And that's, it's so true. It can be a way actually that you guys could connect when I'm, when I'm thinking of that, like, cause I know, you know, it took me a while to learn to ask questions. Um, and I know that he almost taught me and in a way we've used that as a way to kind of grow closer together by being like, I find the times when I'm most vulnerable, especially in my marriage and say like, I don't really, I'm not good at this. I don't really know how to do this. Um, but I want to learn. I find that that's the time that my husband kind of really steps up and steps into that role of like, I want to do this with you. I want to help you with this and we can do this together. And then that grows our connection even more where it's like, I was afraid to go in saying, I don't know how to do something, but those were the best parts of my marriage. I mean, the same with my relationship with the Lord. Those are the times when I go in saying like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And God's like, okay, great. That's because I need to know what I'm doing, you know? (laughs) So 
I love that. I think that's important yes, in a good way to kind of use that. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I think uh, one other thing that is kind of a bummer when it comes to social media that I think is, is good for, for people to watch out for. Um, it's just being really careful what you post online. Um, I think it's become really socially acceptable to post things that can be inappropriate or not modest online. Um, cause we all do, we really crave love and attention and affection. And so it's really easy to post gym selfies or just some, you know, and you know, you have to check your heart of why you're doing that. Cause you know, you might have good motivations in doing that, but I think we have to be careful and we have to allow our spouse to speak into what we are posting. So I think if your spouse is uncomfortable with you posting something, I know we've had lots of conversations recently with just different couples where, um, maybe the wife was posting something and the husband felt uncomfortable about it because he felt like it exposed too much of her body online. Um, and her thinking that that was ridiculous. I just, I would encourage you to like out of love and respect and honor for one one another, be open to having those conversations and be open to how your spouse is feeling about what you're posting. Um, and if you're, if you're, if you're still at a standstill after that, inviting a third party in that you trust, whether it's a Christian counselor or a pastor, um, to help speak into that, to speak to what is appropriate. Um, cause yeah, I just, I, I just think that can get really unhealthy really quickly. Yeah, it is true. And, and it's such a big world. My husband and I have even had that conversation before where I've posted something that I didn't think would be a problem. Um, I honestly did not think about it. And he later was like, I can't believe you posted that. And I said, wait, why? You know, like what? And I felt so bad about it and I deleted it right yeah. away. Um, and I don't think anyone even noticed, but it was, it was one of those things where you're right. I learned after that, like, okay, this is a team effort really. Like I have my own Facebook page that says my name on it, but I'm tied to him. So anything that I post, especially yeah. about our lives or my kids or our marriage, anything like that, it's like, no, it's personal and it affects him too. And I'm not always going to know how it affects him or how it affects the people that he has around him and things like that. So I, I have almost gotten into a practice of saying like, you know, not, I don't check in on every single post, but anything that has to do with like us or our core, I'm always Absolutely. like, oh, it's okay. Are you comfortable with this? And, and, and kind of just go from there because it's true. It's and and, you know, I'm grateful that I have a husband that said something. Cause I think a lot of times maybe they won't say anything until it gets to a point where it's like bubbling over. And I'm just so frustrated that this happened. Yeah, definitely. And I think the key when it comes down to that is open communication. Like he was open with you. He, he talked to you about which is great. Um, and then for all of us to just be checking our heart of why we're posting what we're posting. Mm -hmm. Um, another issue that we've seen sometimes at awesome marriage with different couples is, uh, couples will, uh, like one of the spouses will post an article and it's kind of passive aggressive towards their spouse, you know? And like when their spouse reads, it's like, Oh, that's about me. Like <laughs> you just posted something on Facebook. And like some people might, might guess that that's about me too. So it's not even just a stab at me. It's like now other people saw you stab me kind mm. of thing. And so just really making sure, I think it's really easy to justify why we're posting or liking or sharing what we're sharing, but just, yeah, to really have a lens and of, of good questions that we're, we're filtering stuff through before we just go and just post. Cause it's, it is the, the web. It is like tons of people are able to see that. Um, so yeah, just being conscious of that and thinking, what does it look like to honor God, to honor my marriage, to honor our family, uh, in, in what I'm posting? Yeah. And I also think too, and you said this earlier, but, um, what kind of, what is my motive? What am I doing this for? And, 
you know, a lot of times I speak to so many women that say a struggle for them is that they're posting and their the addiction is, with the comments and the likes is actually because they're getting their validation and their worth from that. And, you know, and they won't, it takes a while to admit that and to say that's actually what I'm posting for, but that yeah. has become an actual thing. So even in that, it's like, no, we can get so much. And Dr. Kimberly said this on his episode, but he said like, no one can affirm your spouse like you can, and no one can affirm you like your spouse Absolutely. can. And it's like, that's something that if we're looking for affirmation and validation and worth online, um, we're kind of stealing that opportunity from our spouse and, and our spouse is missing that chance to be the one that can give us that affirmation and to speak into our lives in that way. And even God, I mean, obviously most of first and foremost, God, like we're yeah, taking that from him, but there is a component of that that is in our marriage that that's a real important part for me. Anyway, that's an important part of when I get to affirm him and he gets to affirm me, that's something that I don't get in other relationships. And that, kind of needs for me to be kind of kept sacred. So in that way of what you're saying, kind of checking our motives and seeing, is this what I'm posting for? Am I posting for validation that maybe I can just go tell my husband like, Hey, I'm struggling right now. I'm not feeling my self-worth or whatever. You know, can you talk to me on this? Or can you see, I've asked him even one time when I was struggling so bad, can you just tell me one thing that I'm good at? Like, I know that sounds so bizarre, but it's like, can you just tell me, yeah. give me one thing that I have a strength in please? Cause I need this to kind of push me forward. And those are, those are moments too, that have been really like unique and special to me where I think, wow, look at that. He affirmed me in a way that someone else can't. So that's important. I think too. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. And I think it was so brave of you and, and mature of you to, to ask that from him. Right. So you didn't expect him to read your mind. You didn't go pouting about it. You didn't you know talking to your friends about how you're feeling unloved or unappreciated or, um, expecting him to come through in an area that you hadn't, hadn't even communicated to him. You just said, Hey, I need this from you. And so you asked for it, which seems so, like, duh, but like so often we don't do that. So often we just go into our own thing and, and get in our own head and, and don't just ask for what we need. And, and when we're real specific like that, I think that really helps our spouse, you know, cause they, they don't think like us men and women are very different. We're different by design. Um, and so being able to lend the helping hand to, to allow your husband to help you, like that was a true gift to him and to you. Like, I love that. That's such a great story. Yeah. And you know what I have to say? That was not, that's never been my go-to. I had a pastor one time tell me and I, and I was frustrated with something and I said, he's just not doing this. And he said, have you ever asked him? <laughs> like, have you just asked him? And I'm like, well, no. <laughs> like, and like you said, yeah. <laughs> but I hadn't. And I felt so because <laughs> then I went home and asked him and he did it right away. And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> I just needed to ask apparently. Yes. Yes. So easy. I love that. I love that communication. It's so good. Right. It really is. Well, as we're kind of, kind of wrapping up and closing down on this, what would you kind of give to someone? Um, I know we've talked about so much practical stuff and I'm going to pull one more out of you, but I'm just, I'm just kind of curious if someone's listening and they're wanting to like right now tonight, be like, what is one thing that I can do? Even if it's just a small, tiny thing, if it's setting a boundary or just having the conversation with your spouse about maybe are we using too much screen time or something like that? What is something they can do like tonight? They hear this and they're thinking, I want to take action. What would that look like? Yeah, definitely. I think one good thing that would be good to do that we haven't talked about yet is really looking at 
your feed, um, looking at what are you consuming and just really ask yourself, what do I want to consume on my phone, on the, on the internet, um, on, on my smart devices, whether it's a phone, tablet, TV, whatever it may be, what do I want to consume? How do I want it to influence me? Um, and just start there. And then once you have that foundation, maybe even just like write that down or pray through that, take it, take a day or, t or two or a week to pray through, like, what do I want this to look like? What, what, what facet of my life do I want this to, to, to consume? Um, and, and then start to make some changes based on that. So for instance, um, you know, if you want social media to be a place where you can connect with family and friends from afar, you can share information about your family with family and friends from afar, both near and far. Um, and you want to be inspired. Okay. Well, what should your feed look like? What kind of feelings do you want to have when you're looking at social media? Um, I've had to unfollow people on social media that I love that I know, um, because it doesn't, it doesn't do good, not even because of what they do it, and that not even that they're sending, but what it does to me isn't good. Um, mm. and then there are some things that are just like toxic on there. So what does it look like to weed out that? Um, so I think, yeah, asking yourself the foundation of what do I want this to look like? how do I want to feel when I'm looking at this stuff and how much of my life do I want to give this to, which comes down to a calendar thing and comes down to a time thing, how much time. And I love the iPhone's new settings where it tells you how much time you're on your screen. I'm like, um, I love that. How much time do I want to spend? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like totally convicting. Absolutely, yeah, it's, it's personally victimizing. Yeah. Um, yes, definitely. <laughs> no, but but that's absolutely. that is so true though, because it is, and it is that um, a practical step that we can actually take of looking at our screen time notification, you know, and taking that in dark. And I love what Very you said nice. too about how. Um, when we're kind of weeding people out, that sounds like weeding people out, weeding who we follow and the, the things that we yeah. follow and what we're filling our minds with. Um, when we're doing that, not everything is going to, like you said, be something that's just blatantly toxic. So I'd love that you make it clear that we need to actually be, like you said, maybe take a week to do this, to actually check in with our feelings on all of this and see, because I have followed a friend that I adore her and she is a powerhouse. She is empowering. She's so wonderful, but there was something in there for a season of my life. And it wasn't forever. It was just a season that I felt so bad about myself looking at every single time that I had to make a change. So I think that's important to kind of say that like, it doesn't have to be something that, you know, we automatically go, well, oh, duh, that's, that's obvious that that's not good for us. It's very personal and it needs to be checked. And, mm -hmm. and like you said, felt that's important. Yeah, absolutely. And it just, it all influences us like we've been talking about. And, you know, scripture tells us to set our mind on things above um, and to take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. Well, what we are consuming is affecting our thoughts. And so this is one way we can take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ is to clean it up a bit, you know, and not, and not feel bad about it. You don't have to apologize about unfollowing people. You don't have to follow every person um, that you know or have ever met online. That is just not necessary. And I think a lot of people too struggle with uh, information overload. And so like they just need to be on a low information diet anyways, which is going to look really different and that has to be okay. And so I think for all of us too, as listeners, um, I don't know how you would know this, like if someone follows you or not, but I have heard of people getting upset about this before. I don't know how they, how they end up finding out that, that, it's, that their friends stop following oh, them. I don't know how that works because huh. um, I've never noticed that. Yeah. yeah so I think sure. for all of us to be gracious about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, but I think if you do find that for whatever reason to not get upset, but rather to, to be gracious, gracious about that and just understand that everybody has different, different boundaries that they need to set for different reasons and, and to not take that personally. Yeah. Um, 
because yeah, that could start some problems. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> so funny, but personally. yeah, mm-hmm. that's so funny, but, but it's true. That is very true. And like you said, now that we're kind of going through this process and knowing, like we've talked about, it has nothing actually to do with them, but it has everything to do with us and where our heart is and things like that. We should be able to give that grace a little bit more when we're thinking about that. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. This has been such an awesome conversation. And I feel like there's so much in this that um, even I'm going to have to go back and listen to again and kind of pick out of these are the things that I need to do and want to do. Um, So thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and your wisdom on all of this. And I'm really excited that we got to have this conversation with you. I I swear I could could probably talk to you all day and pick your brain on a whole bunch of topics. So so I appreciate your time tonight. Yes. Well, I'd love to be back back anytime. So this was a joy to be on your podcast. I love you. I love what you're doing um, to just inspire women and and share real stories. So I'll I'll come back anytime. Thank you. I will take you up on that. I will for sure. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want quotes from each episode or want to find and reach out to the awesome people interviewed, please find us on Instagram under at Tales of Moxie and follow us for all the details and for info on who will be on the show in the weeks to come. As always, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at talesofmoxie at gmail.com. I love hearing from you guys. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.